0: Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist, and this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. I am excited that you all are here for another episode. Thank you for being on this journey with me. And today we're going to talk about reparenting ourselves, reparenting ourselves. And the reality is many of us are disconnected from ourselves because there are some things that we missed growing up. There are some ways in which we were not fully nourished or affirmed or prepared or seen as children. And as adults we recognize that parents are imperfect people and we recognize that they parented us from the position of their own capacity, wellness, mental health, knowledge, evolution. They parented us based on where they were. And perhaps even over time, they are not in that place anymore, but that season of our lives is gone. And we also think about this from the standpoint of as children, what we missed and what impact that had, but also as adults, what does it mean to try to make up for lost time? What does it mean to give myself what I never received. And the reasons I did not receive it can be varied. And you may have sadness about the ways in which your parents were not able to show up for you. You may have anger about the ways in which your parents did not show up for you. You may have disappointment, confusion, frustration, Even for some of us, there may be shame about the ways that you were not mothered or fathered in a way that would have empowered you, affirmed you, seen you. The reality is in the natural, we cannot go back. So those years are done, but we can have corrective, therapeutic, transformative experiences that allow us to heal and no longer live from the place of the wounded child. Can you acknowledge on today that some of what you carry was born in childhood wounds, wounds of being neglected, wounds of not being protected, wounds of not being nourished or nurtured for any number of reasons. Your parents may have had to work a lot. Your parents may have been dealing with addiction. Your parents may have been absent. Your parents may have been abusive. Your parents may have been narcissistic. There could be any number of reasons, but despite the reason, the reality is there was a wound, a mother wound, a father wound. And even though you are now older, the impact of that wound can shape the way we see ourselves, can shape the way we show up in places, can shape our expectations, can shape the way we treat ourselves. The beautiful thing about the therapeutic process The beautiful thing about spiritual practice is that we have the spiritual, psychological capacity to shift, to heal, to transform, to do for ourselves what was not done for us. You see, we can spend years being stuck, sad, and mad, about what we did not get. But if we just remain in that place, we will never fully transform. So while I give myself space to grieve, while I give myself permission to be angry or disappointed or sad, I also make a decision that I want to give myself what I never had. And as I give myself those things, that will bring me home to me. So it would have been nice. It would have been beautiful to get it from the ones that birthed me. It would have been nice. It would have been wonderful. It would have been a blessing to get what perhaps I saw other people get. But even though I did not get it then, I choose to give it to myself now. This is what it means to reparent the inner child. If we are honest, there are ways in which we have thrown temper tantrums out of that wounded place. And the way your temper tantrum shows up, the way your wounded child shows up can vary. For some people, It can be tearfulness. For some people, it can be rage. For some people, it can be self-destructive behaviors. What are the ways that your wounded child shows up? And how much has your wounded inner child been running your life? How often is your wounded child showing up in your work life in your romantic life, in your friendships, how much has your wounded child been in the driver's seat? And when you look at the state of your life, it is in direct response to what you never received. I want you to know that while that is a painful truth, a painful reality, it is not one of finality. So what that means is even though the age five is over, age six, age seven, age eight, age nine, age 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Oh, there are some moments that when you look back and say, I wonder what could be different if at 15 I had heard and really believed and had been treated like I was deserving of care and protection. I wonder what would be different. I want you to know that sometimes we can stay stuck there, not recognizing there are some things that can shift, S-H-I-F-T, even if in my 20s, in my 30s, in my 40s, 50s, 60s, I know we have some listeners in their 70s, that even if now... I would dare to reparent myself. Some things can shift so that I am not permanently living out of my wound. So being unparented can leave us confused about our identity because we did not really have someone consistently speaking life to us in a way that affirmed who we were, not just as outgrowths of them. It can also cause us to have relationship problems because we have difficulty trusting and difficulty communicating. When you experience forms of emotional neglect and perhaps other forms of neglect as a child, you did not really participate in healthy relationship, reciprocity, mutuality, communication, consistent, reliable care. And then, as an adult, you can find it difficult to give. You can find it difficult to receive. You may have people tell you that you are emotionally unavailable or emotionally too much. People may call you dependent or closed off. Both sides of that spectrum can come as a result of the inner child wound. When It was never safe for me to open up to someone. And now as an adult, people want me to be open and vulnerable. It may not be I am unwilling. Some of you may not know how. You don't really understand what people are asking of you in terms of how to do it. There are those who are listening and you would love to be different, but you don't know how because the way that you are now has been locked in for so many years that we believe that is our identity instead of recognizing that is my inner child wound. So it can affect our relationships. It can affect our confusion about who we are. It can also lead to destructive habits. Destructive habits because if the people who birthed me do not or did not see my worth or value it can be hard for me to see it so even if other people come along later and try to treat us well or talk nicely to us there is a part of us that finds it hard to believe because we say well the people who knew me the most or should have known me the best did not believe i was worth very much did not believe I was worth very much of their time, of their energy, of their emotional investment. And so that must be the truth. And if I believe that is the truth, then I will continue to do things that are destructive and harmful to myself. From that wound, we have a sense of low self-worth. And despite the low self-worth and the crying of our inner child, we come to this episode from a place of hope. And our hope is because we have available to us the process of reparenting. We have available to us the opportunity to give to ourselves as adults what we did not receive as children. So there are major areas of reparenting for us to consider in terms of how we treat and think about ourselves. The first thing is joy. A part of reparenting is creating opportunities, cultivating spaces for your joy to be unleashed, for your joy to come alive. When people have attentive parents, emotionally well parents, and parents who are financially and spiritually and psychologically in a place to be present, then they learn their children because children are different and what awakens one will not awaken another. And so they attend to their child They pay attention to what speaks to that child and then they create opportunities for the child to be in places and spaces and with people that activate their joy. So if you have a child who's into construction sites, they will drive across town so their child can have that joy and be able to see that construction equipment. If they're into dance, and even if you don't have a lot of money, they have dance classes at the YMCA. They will get you to the Y and get you there dancing because that is the thing that awakens you and brings you joy. So you may not have had that at five, but you can get that at 25, 35, 45, 55. Recognizing, looking for the things, the healthy things, not the self-destructive things, the healthy things that bring you joy. Many workaholics need to be reparented. Many workaholics have not experienced the reparenting of joy. And so it is all about paying the bills. It is all about trying to get the next promotion, the next check, that that is their only source of relief is in provision, but there's no place for joy. And when children have been neglected, some of them have lost diminished the capacity for joy. So even if you took them to a playground, they would just stand there stuck and silent, not sure what to do. So I encourage you this week to speak to your joy. And if you don't know what brings you joy, then it's going to be important to try different things. Maybe you never had the luxury of joy. Some of you have been working since you were a teenager. And before that, even when you didn't have a job, you were just worried, worried about your family, worried about where you all were gonna live, worried about their sobriety, worried, worried, worried. And you never got to have joy. Will you give yourself an opportunity for joy this week? And can you make your joy a lifestyle so it is not just oh twice a year i get a vacation and that's gonna be my little joy what does it mean to create a life that has joy in it what would it mean for you to shape a life where your joy is a priority where you are worthy and deserving of joy the next part of reparenting is structure parents who are attentive and emotionally, spiritually, financially present to be able to parent, actively parent, mindfully parent their children, create structure because when there is structure, when there is reliability, children do not have to feel so anxious. They know what to expect. They know that this is gonna be bedtime. They know that there is going to be food to eat. They know that this is the standard. And this house, these are the guidelines, these are the rules, not only what they are supposed to do, but they also recognize that we are self-disciplined and self-regulated. So they are not worried about parents becoming out of order. They don't have to worry about parents flying into a rage. They don't have to worry about if parents are going to show up to pick them up or to even come home at night. They know that their parents are dependable, are reliable, and that they are a priority to them. And so there is structure and uh, some order in their lives. So if you want to reparent yourself now, what are the ways in which your life is out of order? What are the ways in which you lack structure? What are the ways in which clutter emotionally and physically has filled your life? What's the trash you need to take out? If you were going to parent you, What is the trash that is creating stench in your life that if you were going to be the parent that you would clear out? What is the order that you need to establish about protecting your bedtime, time to rest? If you are going to reparent yourself, that means I am no longer getting my meals from vending machines. It means that I am not living off of poison. It means that what would a parent say? Eat some greens, put some greens on that plate. And now we're grown and nobody can tell us anything and we're just eating mess and wonder why we feel a mess. So I'm going to parent myself and the way that I eat and when I sleep is gonna have some order to it. I'm going to parent myself and have some boundaries Some of you wish that as a teenager, a parent would have intervened in some dating circumstances. Some of you wish there was an adult that said, no, you can't go, or no, you cannot take my child there. Some of you, when you look back, it would have been nice for someone to set a boundary. And now we are adults without boundaries. So if I were to parent myself, who are the people who I would no longer take their call? If I were to parent myself, who would I stop entertaining? Who would I stop entertaining because the mother in me, the father in me, the grandma in me, the grandpa in me would stand up and say, oh, absolutely not. You cannot treat her like that. You cannot treat him like that. You have to get out of here. You look, you can't even sit on the front porch. You got to go. What are the decisions that you need to make to clear out your life? in the ways that a responsible parent would. So we parent ourselves with structure. We parent ourselves with joy. We also parent ourselves in creating space for our emotions and teaching ourselves how to manage our emotions. And this is so important. How did you learn what to do when you felt some kind of way? Some of us learned negative or unhealthy habits from watching parents who did not have the full capacity or motivation to parent us. So if I grew up seeing that when I'm mad, I throw things, then as an adult, you're still throwing things. What are you doing? What are you doing when we grew up and saw that the ways to express my disappointment is to cuss somebody out now you're 50 years old standing outside cussing people out what are you doing what is happening often we have not received a model about how to express, manage, regulate our own emotions. And this is the season for us to parent ourselves and say, it is good for me to be aware of my feelings. And just because I feel some kind of way does not give me permission to treat people any kind of way. I make a decision about what to do with what I feel, In a way that honors the person that I want to be and that honors the ways in which people should be treated. Even if I never saw it, even if growing up it felt like nobody cared how I felt or what I saw growing up is that people took out their despair on me. I make a decision as I reparent myself to give myself space to feel what I feel, but also to correct myself, to check myself. It's one thing for other people to tell you, oh, you were out of order. I wonder if we can reparent ourselves in such a way that we can check ourselves and say, okay, that, that was too much. That went too far. That did not honor or respect me, the other person, spirit, what I believe is sacred, what I believe is right. And so, you know, when you have mindful, intentional, engaged parents, they will talk to children about apologizing, right? They will say, you know, you need to go back and say you're sorry, or you need to apologize. And this is what that means. They model that for us and instruct us in that. And some of us never received that instruction. So you can be 40 and still can't say sorry hmm, that's what happened. You have to make a decision. You don't have to, you choose to, if you're coming home to yourself, that I'm going to reparent myself in responsible ways where I can feel what I feel. And yet I have decision-making. I have agency about what I do with those feelings. Yes. So reparenting so that I know how to regulate, how to manage my own feelings. And then the importance of self-care. And we did a whole episode on self-care, but some of us were raised to neglect ourselves. Some of you grew up taking care of your parents, grew up taking care of your siblings, grew up being taught to neglect you. So when I reparent myself, I throw away that script, that script that says unimportant, I'm insignificant. I throw away that script and I recognize my value, my worth, and I take steps to care for, to nourish, to nurture myself. One of those ways I can affirm myself is in my self-talk and what I speak over myself and to myself. Another way that I can take care of myself is watching my emotional, psychological intake. If kids don't have someone to say no, they will watch cartoons all day and maybe eat candy all day. And so the mind and the body can be full of junk. But because I care for myself and I want to reparent myself, I have to guard what I call my eye gates and ear gates. What I see and what I hear affects my mood and my spirit. So to feel good, authentically good, to be well, I have to be intentional about what I'm feeding my spirit what I'm listening to, what I'm watching, what I am partaking in, what I am participating in. All of these things are a part of my care for me, holistically caring for myself, mind, heart, body, and spirit. So for the unmothered and unfathered, as I start to reparent me, I show myself love in all of the love languages. I speak it, I affirm it, I provide for myself things and opportunities that recognize my value and importance. I make a decision finally to affirm my identity. If my parents spoke negatively about my worth or treated me like I was not significant, I refuse to align with that mindset and that behavior. So your homework this week as you reparent yourself is to declare your own identity. I want to invite you to journal about who are you if you were going to parent you? As you parent you, what are the things You want your inner self, your inner child to know about who they are. Even if you don't completely believe it, what are the things that you want your wounded self to know about who you are? And as the parent, in order to be authentic and consistent, I not only speak it, but my words back it up. This is so important. Parenting is not just about saying nice things. It is about our treatment of people. It is about our tone. It is about all of the ways that we express that we care. And as we reparent, as we mother and father and nourish ourselves, then we will begin the journey home. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, spirit, welcome home.